Welcome to episode 254 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, we're talking about Trudeau and some of the announcements coming down the pipe. We're rolling. All right. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Everybody's in KT attire today. I like it. Whole yeah. office is black and white. Except for... We'll see how noisy Tiffany. your... Uh, I don't move that much. Robbie, can you hear it? Oh, can you really? I won't move. I'll keep my hands planted here. That's going to be very hard for me because I like to fidget. As he's moving. Well, I'll have to be very strategic with using my laptop here because I have some important notes about our conversation today. Well, welcome back to the podcast, folks. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about this announcement that Trudeau made almost two weeks ago now. Yes. (laughs) always. You always talk in the past, like in the future. Uh, Yeah, September 14th. You're speaking as though... Well, this gets aired we, on September 25th. Yeah, but we can. We don't have to pretend. Like we, We're not pretending that or trying to hide that these are recorded slightly in advance. I'm just saying, when this airs, this news happened about... A week and a half ago. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, so Justin Trudeau... I'm going to go on a new podcast. Justin Trudeau was... I think he was in London, Ontario... On the 14th, and he announced the removal of the... The 14th of what? In what year? Because, you know, somebody three years from now might be watching this saying, oh, Well, if we insert specific ago, dates, then we really date it, and all of a sudden it becomes dated. Right, because YouTube already doesn't do that for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to say the year. But Have you watched any of our videos the from like ones? 10, 12 years ago? Yeah. I challenge you, there is one of my other neighbor. So nine... Your other neighbor? Yeah, neighbors on both fucking sides. You're one of them. Who am I talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. You, there's, you, you worded it as though you were doing a podcast with them. That's how I interpreted it. So you're just talking about a... Well, I watched a video yes. when we sold that house. The one immediately... Oh, yeah, okay. Yep, that was... Yeah, my other neighbor. What year was that? Oh, God, this is going to be a long what year podcast. Was that? About 10 years ago. Okay. And that's when you and I were still doing the intro on the green, with the green screen. Oh, the quick tip videos. No, the listing video. Oh, the listing video. Okay. Oh, God, help me. So, you didn't specify this. I'm like, we weren't doing podcasts then, so I'm confused about what we were recording, what video you're talking about. That's why I said, have you, have you gone back and watched any of our old videos? I didn't say podcasts. I know. That's why I was trying to clarify which video it was. So my other neighbor. Yes. Now you know what I'm talking about. Their listing video. Their listing video from 10 years ago. I vaguely remember the introductions. You and I did an intro for that listing video. It was kind of a close up, slightly off to the side. Yeah. Yeah. It is so bad. Really? So bad. (laughs) For those of you watching and listening, go on to the Cormendi Trot YouTube channel. Can I pull it up? You can. Robbie, maybe you can edit it to put that clip in there, that intro. What was the address? 953. I guess I should have known that if it's your neighbor on the other side. Yeah, seriously. Nine years ago. (laughs) Nine years ago. 
All right, here's a. See, we need that TV here still. I don't. Why are you even playing it now? Robbie's going to put a clip in. But I want to know what you're talking about so I can comment on it. Oh my Hi, God. I'm Adrian Trot, and this is Ariel Cormendi, and we'd like to introduce you to 953 <laughs> Wewell Trail. Hewell. Hewell Trail. Hewell. Maybe it's Wewell. Oh God. This is horrible. Whatever. This beautiful madame built home is so boring. It's awful. People talk to me about, uh, oh, how do I look on video or whatever? Watch this. Like, I don't know if you were so concerned about it. This is a three and a half minute video. Dude, listen to this boring intro. Now, having said that, should I stop it? Yeah. This was at a time where people weren't doing actual listing videos were just becoming a little bit more actually not, not too even, many not, not too many were even doing listing videos and we had an intro like nobody was doing intros yeah, maybe at that we time. shouldn't have had an intro based on that one yeah based on that <laughs> oh god help us isn't that crazy your perception of it now versus <laughs> then like then we were probably like yeah that's pretty good let's let's run with it yeah and now we're like holy and cow. Ten, like how 10 did years we from now we'll look back at this that. piece of crap video we're doing right now yeah. going what the hell are these guys doing jeez everybody loves the one with me in the bathtub though the real estate those right ones were video. kind of they were still a bit cheesy but they were kind of funny yeah like we have a few different segments each one was kind of humorous yeah anyways gst our friend trudeau yes. made an announcement so i read an interesting stat um in one of these articles so this is saying um, the Canadian Center for Economic Analysis show that taxes on the purchase of a new home in Ontario account for 31% of the price. And the federal government's share of those taxes was not far from half, about 40%. And the argument there was that the federal government invests very little into public infrastructure, implying that they should have a bigger role in the in housing, period. Uh, but 31% is taxes. That's crazy. Um, so the GST thing is interesting. At the beginning, I didn't really think it was that big of a deal. But the more I learn about it, it seems to be an incentive for sure. And it makes sense why people weren't building rental buildings, purpose-built rentals, because the costs were quite high. Yeah, well, now this is going to give them more flexibility in terms of money. Yeah. And how that money is being spent. The challenge I think that's going to happen though, I think this is great. It's going to encourage these purpose-built rental properties. But I was reading a few articles and it got the hamster wheel going for me on what is the true effect of this. And this ends, by the way, in 2030. So they are trying to force these builders now to do it now, do it fast. Yeah. So seven years, which is crazy because that is probably not far off from the timeline it takes to, you know, from seeking approvals to putting a well, shovel finding, in the ground. Finding to land first. It. Right. It's a long process. So the, it ends at 2030 and they have, I think, until 2035 to complete it. So now you're going to have all of these builders that A, are going to be battling each other to buy land. 
B, they're all trying to compete in the same timelines. So talk about trades, like skilled trades. Mm -hmm. I was reading a few articles over the last couple of months about skilled trades and the future of North America and, you know, skilled trades as a whole. Right. Like if you think about kids growing up now, they all want to be YouTube stars and Instagram famous. Nobody's talking about being the best plumber in town. No. Well, not in North America. Right. And that's where a lot of immigrants are excelling. That's true. But that's also been a problem over so the course of the last three you years. Live, if you follow us because you live in the Philippines. <laughs> Do we have an audience in the Philippines? Yeah, Robbie's family. Oh, nice. No, um, <laughs> Robbie, come on. <laughs> Way to be a team supporter, Robbie. Um, well, how many people like Robbie's mom come from the Philippines to be nurses here? Um, I don't know. I, I think it's over the years we will see a we already are. We already are seeing a depletion in the amount of skilled trades that are available. Yeah. So, I haven't been, I haven't, I mean, I've obviously seen it and there's a lack of like, you don't see a lot of people pursuing those careers compared to the alternative, which is more of a digital environment. Um, I, I don't know. I guess a lot of it falls back on the school system in terms of like how many, I don't even know. I mean, even when I was in school, it wasn't, really pushed that hard in terms of the, you know, we had uh, a tech class of some sort, woodworking class, but there wasn't a lot of it. Right. And now there's like none of it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting to see a, there are, um, there's a huge industry for, and there's a lot of people that have been very successful with it um, on social who have made a lot of uh, money off of social media by showcasing the work they do, carpenters and stuff like that. So you can kind of tie the two industries. Well, the people that we know that are in those, we'll call them building support industries yeah. that focus on building their brand and their marketing online, they do very well. Yeah. They do very well. Anyways, so the point to some of these articles was Skilled labor, the availability of skilled labor is down. So now you have these builders over the next seven years that are going to try and rush these builds to qualify with these rebates or these waivers of, of taxes and et cetera. Yeah. So they're going to be fighting for all the same skilled trades. And ultimately that's going to drive the cost of the skilled trades up. And then you think of all of the building materials. That's going to drive the cost, you know, supply and demand right across the board. Well, and that's that was the, one of the topics that I was reading about was what's the cause. So you're going to save 15% on not paying GST or 30% or whatever, 5%, 6%, whatever percent yeah. you're going to save, you're going to give back into... Paying well, what, for supply and demand. Well, and people, companies building condominiums, selling condos, they avoid that tax because the buyer, the end user is the one that pays it. Right. 
Whereas the company building the rental purpose, uh, a purpose built rental building is they're the ones fronting the money. So to save that is that's a significant amount of money. And that's, I can see that as being motivation. There was also some other suggestions such as, um, deferring capital gains tax if the money was repurposed into additional buildings. So you build one, move on to the next, move right. on to the next. I think that's a good idea. Sure. If you can defer your taxes, if it's reinvested, why not? Seems smart to me. I wonder if we see now any incentives for renters potentially. You know what I mean? Like... The cost of rent has gone up more than 10% in the last year. Mm -hmm. So how affordable is it going to be to be renting um, with mortgage rates as high as it is, with the cost of building higher, much higher? Well, right now, the tenants are the ones winning, even despite the increase in the rental costs. Because the, the cost to own is significantly higher. Yeah, I I was just thinking, you know, there's incentives for everybody but rentals in this country. Renters, tenants. I don't know about that. I mean, depends on if it's governed by rent control or not. If it is, the incentive is that you're locking in your rate more or less. Right. It's your rent is going up slower than inflation. Well, and just to comment on that, so for those of you that don't know, I don't know the exact date, but sometime in 2018. November of 2018, I can't remember the day. So if if this rental property was not, I don't remember how it's worded exactly, but basically if it wasn't a resident,ed somebody didn't live in that unit before that date, there's no... No control on the rent, so the landlord, upon your renewal, can jack the rent up to whatever they want it to be. Well, within reason. They, yeah, it has to be within market or something. Yeah, like they couldn't just use some arbitrary number. Right. They could, you know. Oh, you were paying twenty one hundred. It's yeah. now seven thousand. Yeah, <clears throat> they could. <clears throat> they could challenge you if you did something like that. Anyway, I don't know what else to say. This is kind of a. Well, Just an update for everybody. I think the bit of a boring topic, but not because it's. Well, I think the big question is just what's causing the increase in rent and the housing crisis in general. And one and one thing that we're seeing now, I've seen a lot of it in the last six months, is um, a ton of. I mean, in Milton right now, there's about eighty condos for sale. I bet if I go on and look and see how many of them are tenanted, probably half of them are tenanted or vacant or vacant. And those are landlords who are probably in a variable rate mortgage. You can't afford the property anymore. Rent nowhere near covers it. So they're selling it. So there's rental properties now being removed from the market, causing an increase in demand because there's fewer places for tenants, which is increasing rent. It's just this big cycle. Interesting stat for you. I wasn't going to bring this up, but since it kind of segues into it, we always talk about being a landlord and and now the cost of borrowing and what their cash flow is. Yeah. Every landlord wants to be 
positive or out of pocket very little. So when we have potential landlords or current investors asking us, where should I buy? Where's the best place to buy? So here's an interesting stat that just came out. Zucasa actually put this out. So they're probably using all the data that they have. And they take the purchase price and compare what the rent would be based on that purchase price. And then how much you would be positive or negative, what your cash flow would be based on that rent. Victoria, Victoria, BC, you would currently be negative $2,552 a month. It's crazy. On an average um, investment property, we'll call it. Guelph. Interesting, Guelph is in there. I mean, it makes sense. Negative $2,412 a month. It's crazy. Most people can't afford that. That's why there's a lack of inventory and everything's going up for sale. St. Catharines? Negative. $1,992 a month. Now, here's what's interesting. Ottawa. You think Ottawa, big city? Great for... I think it's a great place to live. I think it's good for yeah. employment. It's good for quality of life. clients that have moved out there since uh, in the last couple of years. They're in the green. Really? $1,868 a month. That's In odd. the green. Um, some other notables in the green. Uh, Laval, Quebec. Windsor, Ontario. Winnipeg. Who the hell wants to move to Winnipeg? Come on. Uh, Edmonton and Lethbridge. Lethbridge being the um, the cheapest purchase price at $182,500. Average investment property. Getting an average rent of $1,272. It's interesting how, how uh, wide that gap is. <clears throat> but Ottawa... You can buy a place for 426 k and get about $2,200 a month in rent. So there you go. Some uh, other interesting things. In and you got to be careful where you're getting your information from too. There's this guy on, N I think it's NBC. Very loud. Very well, loud. that just took all credibility out for me as soon as no, I no, said No, no, no. I'm sure that's a, I mean, those Zucasa has a lot of data, so I'm right. sure those are very accurate And numbers. even if they're not, it makes sense that those are the places that those are. Those are numbers I'm seeing too, though. Right. You're a couple thousand bucks out of pocket. Right. It does, you know, for most investors, they're not buying because most investors are what, you know, might be referred to as like mom and pop investors buying a retirement plan, basically. And it doesn't make sense because it's costing them more than it's going to make them. Um, so here's where I think the government has failed because they're looking for what, what was the stat that we were reading this morning? We need 
another three million homes. Three and a half. Three and a half million homes by 2030. But not long ago, I read a stat that was about half of that. So that's since been revised. Probably based on immigration. Yeah. Because we're building at our best year, they were doing 800,000 homes over the... 800,000 homes? So here's what the government should do. In a decade. Incentivize landlords, investors, to be buying outside of these major cities. Like, obviously, the numbers align with what an investor would want in their portfolio if it's in the green. There's not a lot. Well, we talked about how many times we've talked about Huntsville and and the lack of rental properties available there. And the ones that are available, the rent is pretty high because supply and demand. But that becomes a, an inventory issue. So they need to encourage people to build. Yeah, but it also is that investors are just typically more focused on buying property in the bigger towns, bigger cities where there's transportation, a lot of jobs, schools, universities, things of that nature, right? Like that's why Guelph became so popular. But is, you know, while you've got a listing up in Fergus, are there a lot of rentals available in Fergus? No. Right. But that, I mean, that all ties down or falls back to a number of things. Just not enough builders. Infrastructure can't facilitate it, among other things, I'm sure. So it's a, I don't know. It's pretty complex, I suppose. It's an inevitable cycle when you add a lot of people and um, and you're growing faster than you're building. Yeah. But there one, the one guy I was going to just say quickly, I can't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure he's like a host on NBC or ABC. I can't remember anyways. It's like one of those morning shows. And he's so loud and his voice just makes me cringe. And his opinions, I disagree with 90% of them. <clears throat> but I, I commented that's on one of That's how I his, feel about you. Well, that's good. Uh, but one of, his, one of his posts recently I commented on and he was going off. And he's always so extreme. And he's just yelling and saying, oh, the biggest problem in Toronto right now is vacancy. They need to increase the vacancy tax to 20%. And stick it to them. And if they did that, they'd solve all the problems. So I started researching it. How many places are vacant? Well, that's the thing. I started researching it. And in April, um, because last year, I think, was the first year they had to report it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, yeah. So there was 2,100 properties in all of Toronto total right. that uh, were due to pay the vacancy tax. So this guy's going off and... and- it's debatable why those places are vacant. Like they're not necessarily for speculation. Right. It could be a COVID related thing where people, you know, had to relocate or. Or someone that travels there occasionally. Right. Right. Like I don't know exactly. But then is it considered vacant? I think it has to be occupied for half the year or something like that. Right. Anyway, so. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. Thank you for your time today, sir. Likewise. Neighbor. Yeah. The neighbor on the other side. On the other side. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you have a comment, let us know. What do you think? What do you think is going to be the difference maker with this GST uh, announcement? Let us know.